a little bit better than it was yesterday. Hey, this is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, what if you had to name my three favorite things mm. to bring up on this show, my three favorite sorts of topics, how would you distill them down? What do you think they would be? Um, three favorite topics on the show. Would yeah, have get to as be general as you like. Staring death in the face. Sure. Um, there's, uh, transforming the human body to transcend death. Yes. And, um, there's, um, dealing with our feelings along the way. <laughs> yeah. So okay, we've 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 focused it on mortality, which I think is appropriate. <laughs> uh, I I would have said at least at least one of them for me. I think, and maybe I'm maybe I just think I bring this up more than I do. Animal intelligence and communication. Oh yeah, no, that's a big one. I almost said, I almost said you're perfect prince as one of the things, uh, but yes. I didn't. But that that would fall in that category. I think yes, you love animal intelligence. Uh, I think you're a big believer that uh, animals is almost people. Oh, animals right? is so close to people. Animals is just so close to people, Jeff. Yeah. We we don't even realize how close to people they are. Is this another story about how close to people animals is? You bet it is, baby boy. <laughs> you know it. Uh, this one was put on the Discord by iLama. Thank you, I Llama. Mm. And this is about Bunny the dog. And I've been following Bunny the dog on TikTok for quite a while. Uh, Jeff, TikTok is an app where um, mm. people... Not familiar. It's a bit like a... It started off as something called Musical.ly. A lot of kids dance and lip sync and do all kinds of fun things on it. But it's become so much more, Jeff. It's become mm. so much more as a way for, for the Chinese to steal our data. It's become so much more... Uh, than a way for uh, weird people to watch underage children dancing. It's very, 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 uh, it's become a huge, huge thing. And you can find so, so much you know, content. As, I, as I've gotten older, I have to admit, uh, I've been less and less a fan of letting the kids dance. You know, just uh, let's let's stop the kids from dancing. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. that's you, what we do as we get older. You're as, a Lithgowist. progress. I am. Yeah. You, you get older, you're, uh, you get a little gray in the temples, you get a little sore when you wake up and you stop wanting the kids to be able to dance. Right. That's yeah. The rules. You're a Lithgowist. I'm more of a, I'm more of a, a Baconist. A Bacononi? A, ba a, ba a Baconian. <laughs> where I say, hey, you got to let the kids dance in this crazy ass world. What do the kids have if they can't dance? Uh, but, mm. you know, there's other stuff on TikTok, other more important stuff. Uh, some people like dogs, some people put political content up there. You know, some people are sharing news on there. Like, you know, mm. the Washington Post has a great uh, has a great account. You know, NPR has a great account. But I follow Bunny, the motherfucking dog. And what does Bunny put up on that uh, on that TikTok? Is Bunny like posting daily? What has Bunny got to say? So Bunny uh, belongs to Alexis Divine because animals belong to humans. That's the way we've set it up. Alexis Divine mm. is the owner of Bunny, who is, um, I don't know, Bunny is just like a big shaggy, big, big, sweet shaggy type of dog. Uh, and here's what's up with Bunny. Bunny has been learning to speak English. And Bunny has been what? learning to speak English through a series of buttons that Alexis places on the ground. And each button represents a word. Okay. Alexis started with like a speaking spell. Exactly. Without the spelling. It's just, it's just one button to speak. So the first button that was put down was outside. Push the button oh, to go outside. Yeah. Gotcha. Push the button. Button says outside out loud. It's it been ironic. It would have been ironic if the, if the button just said woof. Yeah. You know, I don't think just push the dog just pushes a button that says woof. Not the most useful, but that's how you ease them in. <laughs> you know, that's how you that's how you the ease them in. Button number two says bark. <laughs> so I'm going to send you actually maybe I should share. Maybe I should do a screen share. Is that how is that how the kids do? I don't know. I'm just going to send you this link. Send me a send me a TikTok. Whoa, look at the buttons in front of Bunny. My goodness. So these are buttons that are placed on hexagons. Each hexagon holds uh, four or five buttons. Uh, and 
over time. This looks a lot like it looks like Bunny is super into uh, European board games like I am. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> Bunny looks like uh, Bunny's going for the he's... longest road tile. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bunny's building farms, bunnies. But what happens is Alexis started with, and if you if you hit play on the TikTok and check it out. Yeah. Checking it out. More scritches. More now. scritches now. Three buttons. More scritches now. Wow. And Alexis says, cool, here are more scritches. Is is Bunny embarrassed at all that scritches isn't a word? No, but scritches. Oh, you clearly don't have a dog. Scritches is word. Uh, but Bunny can do. Bunny can ask for all kinds of things. Bunny can Bunny can say, "Hey, when are we going to the park?" Or Bunny can say, "When is Johnny coming wow. home?" Like all of these things. And we have to Bunny's tell we have to sentences. tell Bunny Johnny's not coming home. Johnny went to war. <laughs> uh, so this is a story about how dogs know sadness. <laughs> this is a story about the infinite sadness inside every dog. Uh, so. Basically, like this, and, and Bunny has been learning more and more words. Uh, Alexis Divine actually got the idea from a woman named Christina Hunger, who is on Instagram, uh, who has been teaching. She's a speech pathologist, a speech language pathologist, and she has been teaching her dog Stella to use a similar board full of buttons with pre recorded words on them. So, like, Alexis saw what Christina was doing with Stella and decided to do with Bunny. Bunny kind of took off more on social media than, uh, than Stella, but both of them are, are kind of using similar, uh, procedures to teach complex language to their dogs. And so what's really fascinating is as this got attention around the internet, it grabbed attention from the director of the Comparative Cognition Lab at UC San Diego. So this is somebody who studies cognition in different creatures all the time and was like, okay. hmm, you know, this is pretty cool. I want to I see something. Add, add when to this board. Add when and the add- The word when or yeah. like different time-, time The word uh, when. Indicators. Add the word when okay. and then also add- you know, before, now, later, add morning, afternoon, night, and let's see what okay. happens. And what basically happened was, you know, Christina, there's this TikTok of Christina going, or, or Alexis going, hey, Bunny, when did we go to the park? And Bunny's like, just stares and it's kind of, you can see like, the crazy thing about this is you can see the animals trying to figure this out. Bunny, when mm -hmm. did we go to the park? And she was like, morning park, go. And wow, she was trying to say that really? we went in the morning. Yeah. And based on that answer, uh, UC San Diego was like, hey, it's time to run a huge study on this. It's time. This is cute, they, but it's time to figure out what's going on here. Is the, is the, is the study, I don't want to spoil anything, but does the study find out that her crazy uncle has been trapped in the form of a dog for months and this is there's some sort of so the dog is running for the dog is running for district attorney <laughs> and due to a cursed ring uh <gasps> turns into a big shaggy dog uh, i did not want to spoil this story but oh my gosh I, I i could just feel it right i could feel that's where we were going that's where we were going we were going and, and we were going to a classic dean jones movie probably on <laughs> disney plus everybody check it out on disney plus the shaggy da um so yeah this was like they decided oh okay we're gonna run this study okay they're running a huge study on these dogs it's now a trendy for for people to get these buttons for the for their dogs you can like buy a set of them and you can like buy the wow. interlocking tiles and stuff and people are trying to do it i have thought about it you know i've thought about it i love my perfect yeah. prince i've told you if i had one wish it would be to be able to communicate with my dog i would throw my wish away <laughs> on being able to speak to my dog i wouldn't even say all dogs i'd waste the wish just your dog i'd just be like yeah. i just want to be able to talk to dagger and the genie would be like are you sure man like, are you like, are you sure? Like, it's against the rules for me you're to like, ask you if you're me. sure. Like, I'm not supposed to I'm not supposed to check. I'm supposed to, like, let this yeah. play out, however. But 
this feels wasteful. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they're going to study over 700. Wait, wait, so you, you were thought about it, but you're, you're not going to, are you going to buy these things or what are they, are they crazy expensive? They're, they're not, it's not so much that they're crazy expensive though. They are, you know, you can, you could, you could get them cheap, cheaply enough if you want to make your own. There are those buttons that you can buy that will, you can record something like you can put it together. Yeah. Um, it's more just like, I kind of wanted to stick a pin in this until later, but I will, I will talk about it a little bit now. I don't know if I want to teach my dog to speak. <laughs> what about the whole genie thing we just said? I know. I know. And, and there are a couple reasons why. There are a couple reasons why. The first you feel bad telling him he's bad dog. The, uh, <laughs> the first is I saw a TikTok of a dog that was just starting to learn and the only button it had was outside, right? And the, and the way you teach them is like when they say outside, you got to do it. You know, uh, at least for the first little while. And then you can teach them. Yeah, yeah. Then you can add yes and no and be like, no outside, you know. But it was this little dog that was just like outside. And the woman was like, no, buddy, we can't go outside. No, buddy, not right now. Outside, outside, outside. It's like, no, buddy, we can't. And then the dog just lays on the button, defeated. And the button just is like outside, 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 outside. And I was like, oh, no. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, you no longer have a dog at that point. You have a child. You have you have a two-year-old. Yeah. yeah. You have a you have a, a, a kid. That's my life. I That's was like, my life. They actually I say thought it's about outside. It. Yeah. I thought it's, about uh, you. It's intense. I was like, this is what <laughs> Jeff does every day. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't want to have this a is kid. What you want to avoid. Yeah. I didn't want to have a kid. So uh that's kind of one of the reasons. The other reason, and this is a little bit, bit more morbid my dog's 12 years old. My dog's not a puppy. Mm, right. There's not, yeah. there's not a lot of neuroplasticity there. And also like, I don't know that my dog would want to do it at this point. Like my dog mm -hmm. is very, yeah, my dog old is dog new tricks. Yeah. My dog is old and it likes its life. Like, it's very funny. You can see animals getting set in their ways the same way people do. And when I try to introduce new things, yeah. my dog is just like, this isn't the way we do things, man. I try to get my dog, I, you know, I have a balcony at this new place and I try to get my dog a dog door so my dog could go sit in the sun whenever it wanted. It didn't want to learn. My dog didn't want to learn how to use the dog door. My dog doesn't want to be out on the porch unless I'm out on the porch. It doesn't want to be mm -hmm. on the porch alone. Like my dog is very set in its way. So I don't know if this would just be, be like, it would just be miserable for my dog. Maybe you want me to push a button. You push a button. I'll push a button. If you push a button, yeah. I'm not going to push a button. Ugh, you know what I want. Why are you making me push the buttons? <laughs> I only want three things. I don't have any opinion. My dog's just like, I don't have any opinions on the fucking news, my guy. I want to go outside or I want scritches or I want this or, you know what I mean? Um, He's like, outside, if you want. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think it would be a different thing if I had a puppy. I would try to do it. And right. I think the other thing is, like, I live in a loft apartment, man. Those buttons take up space. Can you explain to me what the, I, I kind of think we glossed over the hexagon thing. Is it, are they supposed to be modular in some way? Is that like part of the process? Yeah. Or so the, what, what's the deal with that? So basically if you can look at the two ways that these dogs have, these, these owners have it set up for their dogs. And uh, Christina Hunger, who was the, the first one that I saw and the, the one that inspired Alexis and Bunny, uh, Christina just has them on like plywood and she has them on a grid. Um, and the trick is, you just got to make sure they're always in the same place. You can't. Right, right. Once you put one down, you can only put the others down in relation to that one. And you can only really add them one at a time, right? So, because the dog always has to be able to find the words. Uh, right. And sometimes, listen, sometimes it's hard to find the words, Jeff. You know that. <laughs> I know that. Oh, I do. Sometimes I the do. feelings just well up and you want those scritches, but you don't know how to ask. Uh <laughs> If I could find a way to ask for the scritches, I would. You remember that Brian Adams song? Um, <laughs> so find the scritches. If I could find a way to ask for the scritches, if it was, I could find a way. That's share. Let's share. If I could yeah. find a way, parenthetical, to ask for the scritches <laughs> from the soundtrack to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember that scene where where Maid Marian and Robin Hood are talking and. Robin can't really find the words 
ass prescription. Certainly can't find his accent. Um, <laughs> if I, uh, so Christina has them set up just in a plywood grid. Um, Alexis kind of created this system where it's, where it's foam hexagons that can click into each other. And then there's places well, for the sense. buttons, you know? Yeah. It makes sense. If, you, if you're going to expand language, over time exponentially, right? It's, it's like Carcassonne tiles. It's mm -hmm. it, the hexagons allow for more, uh, expansion really. Yeah. And it makes sense. If you're doing a grid, you block yourself in and you've, you can only expand in four directions. Yeah. So it's, it's it. that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It takes up a lot of space. Yeah. It takes up a lot of space. Like that's <laughs> the other thing. And, th and then I think about, I think about this, I think about taking the dog on a trip and when you take the dog on a trip and you can't bring the grid with you, you're essentially removing its ability to speak and communicate with you. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. It's really fucked up, right? That's fucked up. If you, You've externalized its entire communication system, so you have to stay near it or else you're kind of being an asshole. Imagine, yeah, imagine like, you know, you, uh, you, entirely, lose your, you entirely lose your voice for four days right? Yeah. Can't speak at all. It's like, yeah, it's like that Twilight Zone episode where the dude can only talk through a speaking spell and then he steps on the speaking spell at the end. Yeah, that was a good talk. one. That was a good one. You know, they say that they ran out of ideas in the later episodes, but I don't know. I really enjoyed that. It was maybe Burgess Meredith's greatest performance. Um, so this study, though, that UC San Diego is running, it's going to run on... Um, 700 participants. Oh, just in case you're wondering, Bunny is at 70 words now. That's 70 little wow. buttons. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a lot. Of, but I can see how that would get very big mm -hmm. surface area wise fast. Very. 70 words, 70 buttons. The buttons, if people don't have a visual reference, the buttons are like, you know how they did the, the easy button in those Staples ads? You know, or like um, Amazon.com was selling those buttons where you could buy Tide. Yeah. You just a touch of button. It's, it's like a, it's it's like a game it's, show buzzer. Like you like you slap it yeah. down, you know. Um, but so there, 70 of those bad boys all spread out on the floor is, is serious business. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. So uh, they've added Bunny to this study of 700 participants, dogs, cats, horses. It's wow. It's a lot. And they're trying to figure out how much of this is cognition and communication versus responding to uh, stimuli and just sort of like pattern recognition for reward? Yeah, yeah, right. So it could, I mean, we've known that animals for a long time, push a button, get a treat. They're going to push that button, get that treat. Mm -hmm. So if you say push this button, then this button, then this button to get a treat, they can probably do that too. What we're trying to determine here, or at least what the study is trying to determine, right, is whether they're actually constructing the sentence through an, an, an attempt to communicate rather than just tell me the pattern of buttons to get me the thing I want. Right. right? And, and, you know, you would, the casual observer would argue that like, hey, we're seeing things here that show at least basic levels of cognition, right? Even if even if Bunny is only seeing these as building blocks to get her the things that she wants, she's able to reassemble those building blocks in different ways, right? More scritches, right? Uh, more water, well, the, the, more this. The thing about when we went and mm -hmm. it was in the morning, that feels like very advanced. And are they seeing that other animals are able to communicate in those abstractions? Well, here's the tricky thing about uh, about immediately congratulating that abstraction, right? Um, there was a horse uh, in the early 20th century, and, and this is a story that we've all heard in some form. The horse was named Clever Hans. Clever Hans was a horse. Right there in the name. It's right there. It's clever. This is the horse that all of these stories are based on, where you ask a horse to do math and it taps its hoof. Right. That's Clever Hans. Um, and Clever Hans was the originator. That's where it really, that's where it originally came from. So, Hey Hans, two plus two plus three and Hans would, would bang out five on the hoofs. You know what I mean? Right. Um, a tight, so, Hans had like a tight five, a tight five and he would go up and just, just <laughs> fucking kill. The room would die laughing from Hans's tight oh, five. Oh man. They would, everybody talked about Hans and his audition jokes, but 
this seems to me like the early 20th century feels a lot like this was a scam or some sort of trickery. So it wasn't a scam or trickery, although that was the assumption, right? Everybody was like, what are you doing? How are you making this happen? When scientists at the time, when researchers at the time investigated Clever Hans when they did some looking into Clever Hans and how it worked. It turned out it wasn't that anybody was sending signals to Hans uh, purposefully. What happened was that Hans learned how to read small physical changes in people that would tell him when to stop. So like people would noticeably like kind of, I don't know, maybe they arch an eyebrow just, or they tense up when he gets towards the right answer and he would just stop. Wow. He just hits he just hits his foot until everybody seems to give him the indication that that's the right number. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, so I remember I think we have uh, some of the audio of of that actually that that discovery mm-hmm. when they they were talking about it one of the guys was like uh, eh, a horse is a horse and the other guy was of like course. Of course. Of course. Of course. And no one talks to a horse. Of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Clever Pants or whatever. Clever Hans. Uh, they they America. That bit they, sounded better in my head. Yeah, well, they Ameri- <laughs> They also Americanized that a lot during World War II, and now uh, you don't hear the original Clever Hans lyrics to it anymore. Um, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> so what they want to do is they want to do, uh, they want to do that sort of observation. They want to look. These are people who know a lot about cognition. And these are people who know about all the different ways that we communicate and all the different ways that animals communicate. And so they want to see what's happening here. They want to see how much of this is symbiotic communication, how much of it is the dog uh, sort of figuring out and expecting what you want from it and how much of it is real, actual cognition and language. Um, Do they have any conclusions yet? They have none yet. They have none yet, and the the study is running uh, up through, I believe, the next year. Uh, and they want wow. they want to actually get into the house and like familiarize Bunny with a couple of the researchers, uh, and see if Bunny like you know, and then and then have some people come in that Bunny doesn't know anything about, and have those people ask Bunny questions, and see right. you know, hey, is is she going to answer the same way? Uh, does she understand it when it comes from somebody else, when it's asked in a different way, all of these things. Um, I would imagine there's an element of this also that's the same thing that's at play when someone goes and visits a psychic mm -hmm. where you want it to happen so bad that the things that Bunny is quote unquote saying with the buttons you fit into the narrative of Bunny is communicating to us. So, oh, oh, that's what Bunny is saying right now. Instead of, you know, maybe that was just a couple of random buttons that Bunny pushed, not really knowing yeah. what the hell was happening. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so they're, they they want to figure that out. But the uh, UC, UC San Diego, the team there said like, hey, you know, even if Bunny's button pressing turns out to be less than, you know, actual linguistic communication. Um, This is actually a really wonderful way to be doing experiments like this. You know, uh, he talked about how, you know, animals are usually brought into a lab or a research facility or a college campus and surrounded by people they don't know when they're asked to do these sort of cognition experiments. And, you know, that's going to throw off the experiment because animals are all about their environment. They're about their pack. They're about the people they know. They about, they're about familiarity. Yeah. And so um, the actual quote is, dogs are enculturated naturally. Enculturated is a word that I learned today. Dogs are enculturated. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I learned that it's a word that you can use. I, I picked it up. <laughs> I didn't have to look it up or anything. I'm just saying, didn't know you could use it that way enculturated uh dogs are enculturated naturally they live with humans um this connection makes them particularly handy subjects in research especially when it's being conducted in their own homes um Hmm. yeah so uh so what is your what is your intuition about this do you do you think that bunny is actually 
communicating linguistically or do you think that it's a a combination of other factors like you know pattern recognition or um getting lucky or or you know some other method that the dog recognizes to get what it wants you know i i think at some point we have to ask what's the difference well, I think there's a big difference, well, right? If if the dog is actually forming forming the words into a unique thought mm-hmm. rather than just attempting to hit the right combination to get the thing it wants, yeah, I do think that's a big difference. Yeah, I think I, I guess I guess what I mean, and and the sort of the analogy that I use for it is think about think about when you're when when your kids were 18 months old. You know, somewhere yeah, in that, that somewhere in yeah. that 14 to 18 month old rage where like all of a sudden things just start popping out of their mouths that are they're trying, yeah. they're trying things and they know how to, they know how to ask for the things they want. They know they know how to make you come over to them. They know how to ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like th- right. that is the beginning of language. Um, and it could mm, be. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And it could be like maybe dogs aren't smart enough. They don't have the cognitive capabilities to move beyond sort of that, that toddlerized form of communication, you know, mm-hmm. like we may never be able yeah. to get a dog to express, uh, emotional concepts to us or, or deeper sort of philosophical worries to us, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, if they understand time and permanence and, you know, places and things and the, and the difference between, you know, nouns and verbs and things like that. And they, they can communicate in a basic way. Isn't that cognition? Isn't that language? It may not be the language that these researchers are looking for, but I think it, it definitely makes us go, Oh shit. Dog can talk. Dog understand more than we think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm persuaded, but if they find any of this sense of being able to express, you know, the, the time difference thing that feels to me like a real advanced concept in, in the dog's mind to be able to, that it's not just saying, Hey, I want to treat, or I want to go outside. I know I need to go outside. So what, what weird hoop do I need to jump through for me to get you to take me outside? Yeah. Um, well, it's like you were talking about with more like, your kids a few weeks ago, uh, where it's like, uh, later is hard to understand. Yes. Right. Yeah. My, my son has two times now or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's all he knows. It's either, or, or yesterday. Now it's either, did, did it happen? Is it happening now or will it happen tomorrow? Or did it happen yesterday? Right. You know, it could have happened three weeks ago, but my son goes yesterday, you know, we had Christmas. I was like, well, that was a little longer than yesterday ago, but I understand you're trying to tell me it's not now. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, that's, you're right. That's a, an advanced concept even for a small child. Yeah. So like if a dog can do right. it, you know, that's crazy. And it's also, I also just like this study because it'll help get rid of some of these, like, I don't know, these, these myths and folk tales and like weird beliefs that people have. Like, cause you hear all these conflicting things about animals, like, Oh, a dog has a, a vocabulary of 200 words or a dog doesn't understand, you know, 50 words or a dog, you know, like you get all these things that people just have read somewhere. I want some codified knowledge on this shit. I want to know how smart a dog is. That's all. That's my second wish. Yeah. (laughs) I want this, this study to be published at some point. I really want to follow up on this because this would be fascinating to find out what they actually determine. Uh, And especially because they're not just focusing on dogs, right? You said there's a whole variety of animals that they're studying. So maybe, uh, Maybe they'll find the animal that can do this thing. Or maybe there's variety in what different animals are capable of. Yeah. That would be interesting too. And I hope they don't find out that like dogs are we- dogs are like weirdly racist or something. That's my number <laughs> one would wish. They put, why would they put those words into a button? It just feels like- Well, you're going to get to a point eventually where a dog is going to have to express like- express different, uh, different emotions and feelings towards different people and different groups of people. And I would hate to just- yeah. I'd hate to find that a dog is sexist or racist or like all dogs are sexist yeah, or like, racist. No, squitches from woman. 
No, scritches from woman. It would be really, that would be really terrible, right? Woman can't walk outside as <laughs> man walk outside. <laughs> no, bunny, no. B- bunny, come on, bunny. Woman, dog, get 70% scritches. <laughs> no, bunny. Uh, no, bunny, we've, we've moved beyond we've, that. No, come, on, come bunny. on. Bunny, no, bunny, where did you get, where did you learn that? Watch YouTube, Ben Shapiro. No, Bunny. No, why did we? Why did we make the Ben Shapiro button? We didn't that make was, that. That was on us. Ugh. That was on us. There's so many buttons for so many different people, and Bunny just keeps hitting Ben Shapiro. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Anyway, I hope we find out I, that dogs I are as. Good. I hope that we find out that dogs are as good as we think they are. That's what I hope. Listen, I put in a Ben Kingsley. Two, there are two, two there, one ben, for Ben Kingsley. I put in a Ben button, and then there was Kingsley. And I put in the George George Shapiro, who we all know is Jerry Seinfeld's agent. Yeah. So there's a Ben, <laughs> and there was a George, there was a Shapiro, <laughs> there was a Kingsley. I thought I thought perhaps George Shapiro. Jerry Seinfeld's longtime theatrical agent mm-hmm. would be impressed if the dog could say his name. I did. I never. I couldn't have ever foreseen and I, that Sir Ben Kingsley. And I was like, we should break it up because that way they can learn all Bens and all Georges. <laughs> I didn't think about this. This is so uh, such a huge mistake in retrospect. Also, I just thought maybe putting the seventy percent button down, you know, as a Helpful. Yeah. Uh, all the uh, way to uh, all the percents are there in increments of ten. I don't know if we wanted we wanted Bunny to calculate his taxes. So I thought perhaps uh, having all the percentages down. I wanted Bunny to know how much to tip, and then it turns out Bunny doesn't tip. It's a Bunny. Bunny not believe uh. in tip. <laughs> Pull self up by bootstraps. <laughs> Oh, Bunny, why is, oh no, Bunny, where did you learn all this stuff? Bunny, watch uh, Fox News. See, there's a fox that runs by outside, a family of adorable foxes. And then I wanted Bunny to be able to ask what news there was. Okay, but you did add a button for the oh, Okay, but you did add a button for the N-word. I did add a button for the N-word. Yes. And and in yes. my defense, I You know what? There is no defense. I have no reason for why I added it. I no. shouldn't have done it. I know it. Thinking back on it, it was a bad idea, and that's on me. That's on me. Oh man. I hope we find out that all dogs are uh, as pure and sweet as we think they are. That's all. I hope so too. That's all. Hey, you know who's just as pure and sweet as I think they are? Our patrons. Yes, indeed. They, uh, they're the best. In fact, they're, they, we know they're the best because we hang out with them in our Discord. They hang out with each other in our, in our Discord. Our Discord, scientifically, one of the coolest places to be because of these folks, because of these people who are always sweet and hanging out in the Discord. That's what it is. And if you want to hang out in the Discord, you can. We'll let you. Anybody can hang out in the Discord. You just head to patreon.com slash we have concerns and uh, support the show for a dollar a month that was, or more. What you were hearing what you were hearing was me resisting tying any of that to the last story. I was, uh, every second I was like, do I tie it to the last? No, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do it. Anyway, yeah, like you said, a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord. Speak so more cheap. on that. If you were going to so... tie it to the last story, what was the thing that popped into your head to do? Uh, no, I, I'm not even going to say it. I, I specifically said nah. it so that I wouldn't nah, be saying it. Nah, it's Chekhov's it. terrible one-liner now because you brought it up. So what were you going to uh, say? Yeah, well, now, it's, now it can't possibly be it's, It'll neither be funny nor appropriate. You're right. So you should bring. So you should give it more buildup. You should give it more buildup then. No, uh, no, no, just say it. I'm going to say uh, a dollar a month gets you access to the Discord where great folks hang out. Nobody would have buttons like that in this group. And uh, we we got all kinds of other perks as well as you move up from there. $3, $5. You can, you can get the intros to the show, all those little bits that you hear us start 
uh, the show off. It's like a whole other show. We talk and talk and talk before we start the actual show. Mm -hmm. You only get the, the little end bit there, but you can get the whole thing as bonus content if you support the show at $3. And then at $5, oh boy, watch out because we got hangouts. We got hangouts. You can hang out with us once a month. Uh, we got fun folks that we uh, all hang out with and talk about whatever. You know, mm -hmm. you also it's you great. also get bonus audio and bonus video for five dollars a month. You can get early episodes. So many good things, uh, and you know, it's for doing something that you do already, which is supporting the show and enjoying it. So head to Patreon.com/slash We Have Concerns. <laughs> Jeff's gonna put hey, Jeff's Anthony. gonna put the one liner in the Patreon in the Discord <laughs> that he was thinking about. Totally. Yes, it'll be there. If it's not there, just keep looking. He'll put it in. Just I'll make longer. sure he does. Um, Anthony, we did it. We're here. We've arrived. Jeff, it does it's not happening. feel like we have arrived anywhere, and I would not celebrate anything right now in this time, in this place of the year of our Lord 2020. You know, normally I'd agree with that. I'm in a particularly happy place right now, and I want to say it's been too long since we've checked in on the status of where we are re-future, mm. but I want to tell you we're in it. And I'm here to say, welcome to the flying car future. No, no, flying cars. This is this is a thing that you've been doing literally since the beginning of this show, for hundreds yeah. of episodes. It's the it's the hover it's the hoverboard future. It's the flying car future. None of these things are good ideas, Jeff. The flying car is a terrible there, and impractical idea. No, we didn't. How did we do it? It's happening. We got a story submitted on our Discord by Disambiguity, which is an awesome, awesome handle. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a story that was in BBC, on the BBC, no less, bbc.com, checking in on the flying car future. And it turns out, while we weren't looking, it's happened. It has happened. There are no fewer than a dozen different companies that are actively working on flying cars right now, putting them into production. One company will be having commercial flying car routes that you can take no. by 2022. No. We're here. No. It's happening. What is it? What is it? Come on. Is this another, is this just another car with like a, a helicopter prop, like prop on the top of it? Well, yes. Oh God. But it's just a, it's just a single seat helicopter. These are, no, these are called vertical takeoff and landing vehicles or VTOLs. We know what short. they're called. We've covered VTOLs a hundred times. Oh, but Anthony, we're there. It's happening. It's all coming together. We got VTOLs from over a dozen companies that are going to market right now, all different shapes and sizes. It's happening. And in fact, there's even been organization from no less than NASA, do you hear what I said? NASA, <sighs> who's putting together, putting together a program to assess the density of, of the air, really. How many things are flying around in the air so that we can maintain a safe, they're calling it the urban air mobility maturity levels scale. So this is NASA coming up with the urban air mobility maturity level scale, or of course, UAMOS. Nailed it. For short. Yep. Uh, and it ranks uh, aircraft, airspace, and other systems on a scale of one to six based on complexity and urban density. So basically what they're doing is they're coming up with a way to simplify the operation of these, these things and the way that we can determine how safe they are in the air, how many of them they are, there are in the sky at any given time. And the real key to all this is that we're redefining what a flying car is. Because I think- Because none of them look I, like flying cars and none of them work the way we think they should. So let's, exactly. let's lower the bar, shall we? Let's say- Oh, I don't think it's lowering the bar. Anything that fits two people- and kind of putters around in the air. Let's call it a flying car. Well, the idea here is that personal vehicles that have vertical takeoff and landing replace... You and I grew up in the 80s. We have in our head Back to the Future, 
with the cars that sure. flying. In the, we have the the Jetsons, you know, the flying cars. You got we got Blade Runner with the flying cars. Thank you the for respecting. Literally, thank you like, for respecting my religion and mentioning Blade Runner. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I knew you'd be mad. Uh, <laughs> we have in our head a very specific idea, which is it's the car that we all have in our driveway or that you all see on the street in the sky. And you know what? That was always a dumb idea. Stupid. Right? That was never going to be what it Ridiculous. is. Ridiculous. It was never going to be what it is. Right? Idiotic. And the idea that- Fun. The, the Fun to look at in a movie. Oh, sure. Dumb. But the idea that you'd be driving on the street and then you'd drive really, really fast and take off or something like that, that just, it, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, uh, would 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 be impractical, right? It's not- it's not the way you would even want to do that. If you just, can you, if you imagine scratch, like you're going down the road and everybody's in flying cars and like traffic gets like a little, a little, you know, congested. And you know how people will just try to shift lanes before, like without yeah. even using their bumper, like without even using their blinker, they're just like, whoop, now I go here and they nearly kill a hundred people. Imagine everybody like pulling up, <laughs> seeing that congested traffic and trying to pull up on the fucking stick at once. And just oh, yeah. 30,000 yeah, people all, crashing. looking at each other like, can, can you let me in? Except let me in means into the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, I'm, I'm trying to fly right here. You're, I'm trying to fly. Can you please just move move over slightly? Just left so blinker, right blinker, up blinker. Nobody's yeah, using any of them. I have my up blinker them. on. Obviously, I have my up blinker Zipper on. Zipper formation. Uh, that? Zipper just... formation. <laughs> yes, yes, we take turns launching into the sky that's what that's what we it's established uh no the the key here which is what this article goes into i think in in a lot of detail is that the way this is actually going to work if it ever happens and it seems like it's kind of happening is that the key will be these will be piloted by autonomous ai okay right we were already seeing cars. I mean, my Tesla can drive me. And the idea here is that when you take human beings out of the equation, it's not going to be someone driving their car in the sky. It's going to be a series of vertical takeoff and landing vehicles that can deposit human beings here and there. It's going to be sky taxis. It's going to be, do you want to get to a place? There'll be a personal drone that will pick you up and take you to that place. And I, for one, don't think that that is not a flying car. I think that is a flying car. That's the idea. It's just better mm-hmm. a better implementation of it. Okay. Okay. I mean, if we want to attach the if we want to attach flying car to this as a marketing term to get people excited, I'm fine with that. Uh, but what we're talking about, I mean, but then VTOL, we're talking about anything from from you know, four seat uh, quadcopter drones to sing mm-hmm. to single seat, you know, helicopters to uh, fucking eventually jetpacks, right? This is all VTOLs, right? So what you're talking right. about is you're talking about without even without even a standardized what these things are. This is about a bunch of people trying to figure out what whether the airspace can handle all this traffic how to direct this traffic what does a lane in the sky mean is that what we're talking about here well it won't even really be lanes in the sky because it'll be much more like they'll they'll be a an integrated system is the dream here obviously we're talking about you know a couple of steps down the line but this is what all these companies are trying to work towards is uh, a system called UTM Unmanned Traffic Management. It is a digital tracking system that coordinates all of these things with each other. So the idea would be that no one person is deciding, you know, I want to change lanes or I want to get into a lane or whatever. It's a large system that uh, places, you know, you you get on your app or whatever and you say, I want to go to a place and it sends you a VTOL. Okay. Lands, there'll they'll be a whole, uh, they're uh, trying to establish an, a bunch of uh, vertical landing places, which have a much smaller footprint than an airport would, obviously, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no runways. You can have these much smaller landing spots. 
So there'll be more like bus stations or uh, train stations or, or, you know, bus stops, really. Is, and you go to a place mm-hmm. or, you know, if you I know none of us have traveled in a long time, but back in the before times when we were traveling and you would go to the designated Uber pickup spot, right? And people would be standing in line and then their Uber would come and pick them up and then they'd get in the Uber and drive off and the next person in line would get the next Uber, right? Or they'd wait for their car to arrive. That's how this would work, theoretically, is that a VTOL would land, the person would get in and fly off and it would take them to their specific destination and you would have this, a, a number of those things all in the air at the same time, all coordinated with one another without the need for... uh an FTA or a, you know, a, a actual um, air traffic controllers, it would be a, they, because they'd all be linked into this network where they're communicating with one another at all times. Hmm. I mean, I, I love that. And it, it sounds like, I mean, this is something that we want for autonomous vehicles on the ground too, right? So this is, so yes. this is just taking the system that we've wanted for for all traffic when it becomes autonomous and adding like uh well like a z axis to it right like we want to we yeah, want to control basically. we want to build a system and we still haven't figured out what that's going to be yet because there aren't enough autonomous vehicles on the road but eventually the idea is uh, a car is just the thing you get into and you open up a book and you Right. Fucking chill out until you get to where you need to go. And all of these optimized cars are going to make sure that you get there as quickly as you can because they're all completely optimized drivers. Right. Um, But now we want to add the ability for these cars to go up and gain altitude. Um, But it's very interesting. Like I think about this with with even like. Things like drones and remote control planes, and I think about how controlled airspace is. Um, mm-hmm. just for, for a lot of safety reasons, right? Like, listen, a car crash can hurt a lot of people, right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing that isn't serious right. about a car crash. Uh, a fly, a VTOL flying out, falling out of the sky could land literally anywhere. Um, yes. And that is a problem. Of course, uh, there's a, a large section of this article that's fascinating that talks uh, to the European Aviation Safety Agency uh, which has created a set of technical specifications for VTOLs, and they're working through it. They say, quote, uh, despite having design characteristics of aeroplanes, rotorcraft, or both, in most cases, they're not able to classify these new vehicles as being either conventional airplane or rotorcraft. There's something in the middle, so they're inventing new specifications for them. And the thing that's fascinating is all of the all of the safety specifications, all of the requirements that they'll have to have to put any of these things even on the market. Like what happens if a lightning bolt hits one of them? Right. What happens if a bird hits one of them? How do they handle that? Are there emergency exits on these things? Like there's all kinds of um, safety specifications that are going to have to, you know, a bar that will have to be met in order to put these things on the market. But part of the challenge with bringing these things to market, and like I said, over a dozen companies are doing it, but part of the challenge is convincing people that, hey, we thought about all this stuff and it's safe. Yeah. Like the idea is that we couldn't even bring these things to market unless there is a system here that is going to be, you know, yeah. taking into account all the potential dangers. Well, I think that's fascinating when you think about when cars, when people started building cars and they just, they just built them and people drove them around. Uh, and it's sort of, it's sort of a destructive thing, but it's, it's a thing that we see a lot now, which is, uh, especially in the tech world, which is like, can we create this thing before there are laws that box it in? Right. Um, and cars were able to get in there because it was like, nobody knew what a fucking car was. So if you started driving a car around, it was like, well, how do we stop you? We don't, you just drive a car around. Uh, and then the the regulations for cars started being built around that. Like these things exist. We've got to figure out how to best keep them in. Right. Whereas, whereas with something like anything that flies, any vehicle that flies, there's so much airspace regulation right now. Uh, that it's very interesting. Like, yeah. 
you know, a hundred years ago, if you had built a, if you had built a flying car, you would just take off and you'd be like, peace out, everybody. We got flying cars right. now. Well, figure out, figure out what you're going to do about it. Because until you do, I'm the flying car man. And I go where I want, when I want, how I want to. But now like the FCC, like the, my drone doesn't take off if I'm in a specific area of town because DJI was like, Hey man, the government told us that your drone doesn't take off here. Like there's yeah. no use yeah. of airspace here. Well, there, there two things about that, that, that you brought up that I want to mention. The first is, uh, that's kind of already happened. Did you hear about the jet LAX jetpack man? Spotted? Yeah. Back in October of this year, there is a jetpack dude that's been spotted several times, 6,000 feet in the air above LAX flying around as this solo jetpack dude. Uh, and nobody really knows who it is or what's going on. I think it's Iron Man, but it's, it's exactly what you're talking about is like, there's no regulation for that dude. There's no rules. There's no structure for what you're mm -hmm. expected because no one has jetpacks. So he's just like, yeah, I'll just fly around at 6,000 feet and hope that airplanes don't mm -hmm. hit me. So I mean, I mean, figuring yes out and no, like, like that dude should not be fly like here's the thing that dude should not be flying I mean, he's over breaking either, the yeah, law. that's the thing he should not be flying <laughs> over law, lax but... airspace like that's the thing is like you right. can't and that's what i'm talking about you can't bring that guy in for having a jetpack but you can bring him in for where he's flying it right yes no he's he's breaking the law and doing something highly there dangerous, are structures around also, these things you know yes yes now and then the other thing that occurs to me that that you brought up is I, I think it's kind of oddly appropriate that we didn't have flying cars or, or vertical takeoff and landing or whatever you want to call it before we also developed autonomy, mm -hmm. you know, a, the ability to have autonomous flying stuff, because it would have been the kind of thing where that we saw with cars where we like we got used to having pilots in things. And then we had to rewrite the rules or we're in the process of having to rewrite the rules and convince people that not having pilots and things is also safe. And I feel like if if these things only arrive as non-piloted vehicles and that's the first time we ever see real like sky taxis and the idea of like an Uber in the sky where you can just get picked up and brought to a place, if it's never a a, a dude or a lady like, landing, opening the cockpit and going, hop in. If it's always just an uh, autonomous vehicle, I feel like maybe the adoption of that will be maybe not easier. I don't think it'll still be a, a hard, but at least it won't have to like bridge the, the gap between expecting it to be yeah. a, a pilot first. Well, it de it depends on how soon it comes after autonomous cars do if we if we're used to at right. that point if we're used to just getting into an uber that has no driver or we're used to getting into our own car that has no driver uh and we're used to things piloting themselves the extra the extra wrinkle of piloting itself in the sky i don't think will worry people so much it's if these things start to appear before an autonomous car which in a right. way could happen right because Airspace is more controlled and there are fewer things to hit. So it's possible that you would be able to safely put an autonomous VTOL in the air before you could put a totally autonomous car on the road. Um, but if they wait until yeah. after an autonomous yeah. car comes, I could see everybody just jumping in. But the second thing about that is, um, you know, commercial airliners you know, there, there's a big, there's an oversimplification where people are like, oh, they pilot themselves. They don't pilot themselves, but to a certain extent, yeah, they pilot themselves. They have very sophisticated right. onboard navigation and computers now where they can mostly pilot themselves, but you still have pilot, co-pilot. Uh, because in case right. something goes wrong, you want somebody to be able to take those controls. And I think that's the reason why we won't see a totally autonomous flying vehicles because that's so much more. I mean, you want to be able to take the wheel in a, in an autonomous car too. And you can thank goodness. And we all know how to drive a car, right? you know? So like if my, if my Tesla is like, Hey, I'm going to change lanes. And I'm like, no Tesla, that's a semi truck. Like I can, I right. can grab the wheel. If, if my plane starts going down or my helicopter starts going down and it's like, take the wheel, take the stick. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I do believe that your Tesla is much less likely to try to change lanes into a semi than a human being would be. There's much more of a chance of a human being like blindly changing lanes when a semi is there than, you know, an autonomous vehicle would. And I, I, you know, we've talked, we talked about this years ago. I've always felt a little more comfortable with these systems than I do with a human being, just because human beings are way more fallible and there's more stuff that can fuck up your perception. And when um, we brought it up, and when we brought them up, the uh, the autonomous systems in those cars is not as good as it was now. When we brought it up, sometimes those yeah. autonomous cars, if that truck was at the wrong height, would maybe try to right. change lanes. Well, but that's <laughs> the other thing that's so great about these systems is that every time there's a crash, which, you know, obviously you don't want ever, but there have been a few. But every time there's a crash, there will never be a crash for that reason again right? Human beings will crash for the same reasons over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, right? There'll be thousands and thousands of people that crashed because they were on their phone or, or, or whatever, or they misjudged something or whatever it is. They make the same mistakes over and over and over again. But an autonomous system, once it's made that mistake again, the engineers solve for that problem. That's the last time it makes that mistake. That's pretty, I think that's pretty um, reassuring. No, it's great. It it is. And So, I mean, this is obviously a talk about people are just starting to sort of think about these things, but do they make any, do they make any forecasts or any predictions? Like how, how soon could we be seeing stuff like this? Well, there is one company that is interviewed here called, uh, I think it's probably called Velocity, but it's Volo City, right? Velocity. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to have their first commercial flights in 2022. That's what they say. And the the CEO of this company is interviewed in this article. And he says something really cool. He says uh, the the first flights will cost about uh, 350 bucks, which is steep. But he says, quote, we don't want this to be a toy for the wealthy. We want it to be part of a well-integrated journey for anyone in an urban area. Everyone should have the option to walk, be driven, cycle, or fly. Like they just want that to be part of what we all do. And I kind of love that vision. It's not, you know, because I think what we all thought of as flying cars do feel like a toy for the, for the rich, at least at the beginning. Uh, And at a certain point, I mean, even cars are this thing that, that costs a lot of money. And if you get to the point where it's really not about owning your own flying car, it's about using flying cars in the same way that car ownership, I think is going to decline because of things like Uber and Lyft. Um, I think that's a really interesting vision for how cities will work in the future and will ultimately have that kind of Blade Runner-like view of all these things flying around. It just won't be individual people in their own flying cars. Yeah, I do like that. And I do like the idea of a company saying like, hey, it's 350 bucks right now. But like our goal is to make this, you know, I I can't imagine it will ever be as cheap as, as a taxi or an Uber, but it, it would be interesting to see it be competitive to the point where if I'm running really late for something, you know, you know, when you're running really late and you're like, yeah, man, all right, I'm just going to shell out for the Uber. So I get there and I don't have to worry about parking and like, you know, yeah. like if I can be like, mm, all right, I'll take a VTOL. Like I'll pay the extra 20 bucks and take a VTOL. I need to get there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I can imagine looking you look at the app and it tells you how long it's going to take if you drive and how long it's going to take if you fly, right? And you go, all right, I'll spend the extra X dollars to fly. It just, that would be kind of rad, I love man. that. I can do that. I, I would like, this is one of the few, this is one of the few ta stories that you brought up where I'm like, yeah, yeah, ta ta man. <laughs> it feels like it's happening. You know, it's it's not happening in the way we all thought. It's not happening in the maybe, you know, sci-fi fantasy way but it but it's it is kind of still a sci-fi fantasy cool thing and i'm down for it man i feel like at a certain point in our lifetimes we may be taking these things to get around i think that's possible yeah yeah and i i mean i think the difference between now and like five years ago ten years ago is um enough of the infrastructure for some of this other stuff is in place where it feels more like an attainable future than it ever has where I'm like, Oh, I can picture how this works and what the infrastructure would be and what the needs would be and like economically what it would be like because of things like Tesla's and because of things like drones and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, 
yeah, we're sort of getting there. Whereas before it's like, no, yeah. we're going to have a flying car. It's like, yeah, we're going to have flying car. Yeah. We're going to have a, we're right, gonna have right, a robot right. and we're yeah. going to have flying car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I could see, I could see this. Yeah. I could definitely see this. This is cool. This art. This article claims, I don't know how it comes to this conclusion, but it claims that by 2040, this will be a $1.5 trillion a year industry. So I, I don't know how it comes to that sure. claim, but. Sure. No, you know, 2040. Yeah, numbers, time and money. Sure. Whatever yeah. you say. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> uh, that was cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Finally, I did it. Dun, 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 dun. That I liked. Can you believe it, everybody? It. You, you were here. You were here to see it. It's truly, it's truly a, a dawn of a new truly age. Truly it is. What a, a red letter day. Everyone remember where you were. <laughs> remember where you were when this day went down. And also remember to stop by patreon.com slash we have concerns. Oh, yes. Uh, please become a patron. Support the show. It's really the only way we make this show. We don't have advertising. We don't have jobs. We, we barely get out of our house. Uh, so we rely on you. To support the show, if you like what you're hearing, please consider going to patreon.com slash we have concerns and become a patron, support the show and make sure it That's continues. Right. And if you've seen a story that you think we would enjoy, not only can you put it in the discord there, but you can also send it to we have concerns show at gmail.com or leave it on the subreddit, which is we have concerns dot reddit dot com. 